0: From the capital of the Commonwealth, this is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 106.1 ESPN. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327-0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 106.1 ESPN.
1: 17 it ends and two guys who have a lot of respect for each other and really like the way their teams are built as they were watching getting ready for
0: this one
2: look at that a real swift
3: (laughs) that's my favorite swift deandre swift no relation to taylor swift um taylor swift had her chiefs jersey on as she watched her guy travis kelsey in action for the chiefs this weekend Uh, But that was DeAndre Swift. That was Mike Tirico, actually, on NBC from the Sunday night game. Uh, DeAndre Swift, not great, but okay, 22-yard run on that one. He had 62 yards on 15 carries for the Eagles. But what Tirico was really talking about was Tua and Jalen, right? Tua Tagovailoa goes 23 of 32, 216, touchdown, one pick. He was sacked three times. Jalen Hurts was also sacked three times and threw a pick. Through two touchdown passes, 23 of 31. Remarkable how similar those two guys were. I mean, you know, former uh, teammates in college and the whole thing with Alabama. Uh, Hertz threw for 279, so he threw for a little bit more because he has A.J. Brown on his side. Um, For everything you want to say about Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, uh, A.J. Brown is the man, I got to tell you. that. I think he's had five straight games over 125 yards receiving. He had 137 in the Sunday night game. You have yes, him over Hill? What's that? You have him over Hill? I would, yes. Not, not in a race, not if we're going to do a 40-yard dash, but if we're just catching passes and yak, you know, yak, right? Yards after catch. <laughs> uh, now, Hill gets a lot, too, don't get me wrong, because his speed, he runs away from people. But I'm taking A.J. Brown, man. That guy, he can go up and get it. He'll go over the middle. He'll go deep. Ten catches, 137 um and a touchdown so look i mean I have small sample size this is just this game and look i thought the eagles did a great job on hill and and to to be honest i think their defensive game plan was as good as i've seen from philadelphia in quite some time so hill had 11 catches for 88 yards brown had one less catch 10 for 137 so he certainly won the battle if not the war later down the road i don't know but for now I'm I'm taking Brown. That was that was one of the Eagles better games uh Sunday night. So that was very encouraging. And if I'm a Dolphin fan, I'm not too worried about that one. Uh, look, they were on the road on Sunday night, prime time. That city is stoked for anything right now in, in Philadelphia. Um that one that one doesn't really bother me too much. It's seventeen to ten at halftime. Uh what was it, 24 17 going in the fourth quarter. Eagles got the last touchdown. Uh, if I'm the Dolphins, and obviously Dolphin Dave can chime in or our guy Robert can chime in on that one, um, you know, I, I think I just move on if I'm the Dolphins, and I'm still in pretty good shape. I think it was a really good win for the Eagles. Now, it'll lose a little bit of the luster if they don't come back and win at FedEx on Sunday. I'll get tight for that game, you know, because the commanders always play the Eagles well, um, almost always. I went to a game a couple years ago. That didn't happen. The Eagles blew them out. But anyway, um a good Monday night, a good Sunday night football game was, and I apologize to Dolphin Dave because, and AJ, you were involved in this. We were all going to get together and watch the game Sunday night, and I messed it up by uh, going up to see the Ravens and the Lions. <laughs> um, you know. So I do apologize for that. I guess I can do it. I can do it directly to him right now as we get the five o'clock hour going. 804-327-0888. Dolphin Dave. Good afternoon. How are you and again? Sorry we didn't get together hey. Sunday night.
1: Yeah, Bob. We could, we're gonna have to uh, you know figure out something at some point. Do this one more time when you don't want to go see the uh, Lions get the crap kicked out of them. But <laughs> that's besides the point. Um, listen. I've called you a lot, and I think you can give to my credit, I almost never blamed the ref on losing. And I'm not saying that Philadelphia would not have still won this game, but it was egregious that the way that that was ref. Okay, ten, ten penalties to none. And flat out, blatant penalties, they, could, they didn't, never called on the, um, on the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, again, do I think we could have may Maybe have won. Do I think that was the full reason? No. And I think Philadelphia's got a very good team. I think that we fought against you guys and the rest that entire game. And someone should have looked into what the heck happened with that. But that just was totally unfair.
4: Well,
3: there was certainly the one egregious one, the face mask uh, down the sideline. I, I don't know how. They missed that one on the Eagles. So I will give you that one. Beyond that, Dave, ah, I mean. I don't know. A horse you got a guy coming through on a blitz. He gets horse collared.
2: I missed and that, that one. Right there. <laughs> Dave, who you got better, Hill or Brown?
1: Hill. In a second. He's faster. Okay. He, it, <laughs> I, I think he's got the speed, and, and I don't have anything against Brown. I was, Brown was on my team, too. Dave Brown might be slightly tougher but I think if you're sitting in a, a situation where you need someone to just to get open or grab the ball and be able to get an extra 15 yards, I think Hill's got it all day long. Uh, yeah. So I'll tell you that. And also right now, I'll take two over Cameron uh, uh, Hurts, uh, just by a slight margin. Um, I think that we did w- learn a few things. And the thing, the thing that encouraged me, guys, is our defense actually showed up. We didn't play bad defense that game, okay? So you know that's something to build on, and I think that as we go on, I think you're right, Bob. I don't think there's, I don't have a lot of worries. Uh, we play against this weekend. We go back and play against Arnold old nemesis, the Patriots. But then we get to go to Frankfurt and play against the um, uh, against Kansas City. So that could be an also interesting little plane ride. Uh, I have suggested today to Bob, to uh, Bob, to Big Al that uh, his. Um, his producer is also a Dolphins fan that says I'm such a pretty good fly, uh, caller that your station could pay for him and I to go to Frankfurt to watch the game. Apparently that's not going to happen, but I had to <laughs> give it a shot.
3: <laughs> I wish it would. I-, I vote yes on that one. I think we should open up our checkbook and send you guys over there and be our car- our international correspondents for that game, Dave. Hey,
1: listen, I, I-, I-, I, do-, I do your problem. I would try not to wait for the Dolphins the entire time. I think it would be a good game, but I also, you know,
3: Kansas City worries everybody.
1: The Dolphins
2: are built to beat Kansas City. Mark my words.
3: I hope so. I'm fine with the Dolphins winning that game. That's fine by me. Well, Bob,
1: I'm going to give you one thing, and then I have to run. And then I will tell you I am rooting for the Phillies
3: tonight. Good. I hope so. We we need anybody on the bandwagon we can get. And bring all your energy to the table on that one, Dave. And thanks for calling it again. What what time would the uh, Chiefs and and Dolphins game start over there in Germany? Is that like another nine thirty a.m. game or something? I don't even know. I will have to look that one up. I didn't even know they were. Yeah, going I have that. to
1: look that one up too. Yeah. because I I probably will that morning be at the place of my watering hole that I have mentioned to you guys well off the air that I go to because the guy who owns it's the Dolphins fan and he does open early on Sunday morning.
3: I might meet you for that then. That that could happen. Hey. I'll I'll meet you to watch that game.
1: All right, let's do that. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, check. I'll, we'll I'll, check
3: I'll, schedules. I'll... Yeah, we'll check schedules. Yeah,
1: check schedules. Make sure you watch the University
5: Okay.
3: Yeah. Yeah, we'll be all right there. Uh, let her all sleep right. in. All right. Thanks, Dave. Thanks. Um, good. Good call. Appreciate it, Dave. Yeah, he's a man of his word. He checked in. Uh, all of that. Although I will disagree. I, I mean, I really hope he doesn't think they played like great defense. In that game, he did say that, A.J., right? He did say they played Uh, well (laughs) defensively? I heard it. So, A, they gave up 31 points. I'm looking at the stats. I mean, the Eagles had 26 first downs. They ran 68 plays. They had 355 yards of total offense to the Dolphins' 244.
2: Uh, They passed for 256. I mean. It was tight in that first quarter. I mean, I, I don't know. I, yeah,
3: I, I, I get. I mean, the Eagles rushed for 100 yards, which in the NFL isn't terrible. The rushing yards are hard to come by. I mean, like the Dolphins only had 45 yards rushing. The, the penalties was odd. I will. I will admit that the penalties was it was awkward. There was at least the one I saw the the blatant face mask on the Eagle. I forget who it was, defensive back on the play down the sideline, but not to have any penalties. The Eagles get penalties. Trust me, the Eagles get penalties. That is a little bit odd. Zero for zero. Yeah, I wonder how many times a year there's an NFL game where one team has zero penalties.
2: Did you feel like the game kind of got away with from them without even kind of – it just seemed like it was over in the second quarter.
3: Uh, I thought it had a chance to be over in the second quarter, and then the Eagles kind of let them back in it, and the Dolphins got that touchdown before halftime and, and made it a game. If that one hadn't happened, I would have agreed with you. I never really thought the Eagles were going to lose that game. I knew it was going to be tight and close, but I like the way they played. I really do. I like the way the Eagles played. They held the ball for almost 37 minutes, too. So that was, you know.
2: Well, you know me and Matt's Super Bowl picks are Philadelphia and Baltimore, and that was the we both agreed that was the first time that it looked good for both teams. They, they I would love
3: like that. Good. That would be awesome. Eagles and Ravens in the Super Bowl. I think it's in Vegas this year, too, isn't it? I wish it were somewhere a little bit closer to home, but still, nonetheless. Let's go to Vegas, Bob. You could, I guess. I don't know. My basketball schedule is probably going to get in the way of that, but um, I have a nice couch and a nice TV. I'll be all right. <laughs> uh, anyway, all right, there you go. Um, yeah, Eagles over the Dolphins. I do think Philly played solid in that one. Uh, and again if i'm the dolphins i'm not too worried about it i think they'll be i think they'll be fine all right 512 on the sports Huddle. let's keep it rolling tuesday afternoon on 1061 espn
0: these are this afternoon's top sports stories i'm sure you'll be fascinated by all the uh, stories you have to tell this is today's drive home headlines Drive home headlines brought to
3: you by James River Air. If you're not happy with your heating and cooling system, give James River Air a call for a free in-home consultation. Check them out online at JamesRiverAir.com. All right, so the NBA season does open tonight. Lakers and Nuggets in Denver, seven thirty. That's interesting. That must mean it's a five thirty game, and Denver right there, two hours yep. time difference, right? That's interesting. And then Suns and Warriors at 10. All right, so you got the, AJ, you got the defending champs, the the Nuggets. You got LeBron and the Lakers. Prime time, basically 7.30. That one's on TNT. Phillies and Arizona Game 7 Baseball National League Championship Series. That one's on TBS at 8 o'clock. Who gets the better ratings tonight? What do you think?
2: Ugh.
3: Uh, I know. I hate I hate to go here being the baseball guy that I am. And, you know, if you just laid it out, you would say, wait a minute, of course, baseball is going to get better numbers. It's a playoff game. It's a game seven for crying out loud.
2: But eh, I don't know. I'm going to be honest with you. I think it'll actually be baseball.
3: Okay, I do, too. I do, too. It's a pretty level playing field. Um, comparison though right I mean the games are basically at the same time it's opening night in the NBA so that's a that's a big deal it's the defending champs it's the Lakers there's a lot of even not being an NBA fan there's a lot of attractiveness to that game the
2: only trump card is the Warriors get ridiculous hits they get ridiculous views
3: well now they'll be the late game so that that one it would be a little harder to compare that right I mean that game starts after 10 Hopefully the baseball game is getting better numbers at that point if it's a close game because it'll be in the seventh or eighth inning by that point if it's a close game on on TBS. So, uh, but I, I I would be curious on the Lakers Nuggets on TNT and I hope baseball does better quite honestly. But i would be interesting to check those numbers when we get a chance tomorrow. So. Anyway, so NBA opens tonight, Lakers-Nuggets, 730, Suns-Warriors at 10. Uh, there was a managerial move in baseball today as well. Bob Melvin leaves San Diego where he had, um, you know, it, it began as a love-hate relationship, but I f- think it finished as a hate relationship. It just didn't work out there for him in San Diego, and he's heading uh, up the coast to San Francisco. He's the Giants' new manager, Bob Melvin, taking over – in San Francisco for the deposed Gabe Kapler. We'll see what Bob Melvin can do with that Giants team. It's an interesting move for him. All right, so those are a couple of the big stories. Then, of course, Game 7. Uh, Diamondbacks and Phils tonight in Philadelphia for a berth in the World Series. First time in the 141-year history of the Phillies that they've played a Game 7. The Diamondbacks played in a classic World Series Game 7 in 2001 when they knocked off uh, the New York Yankees for their lone World Series title. We've got that game for you tonight at 7.30 on these airwaves. Uh, Coming up at the bottom of the hour, David Teal will join us. Really want to talk some Virginia with him, primarily Virginia football, uh, but ACC basketball tip-off is coming tomorrow down in Charlotte. I imagine David will be down there for that. We'll ask him about that, talk a little hoops perhaps, and Virginia football and some tech football uh, back on that bandwagon a little bit after their win over Wake and they get Syracuse on Thursday night. So all of that coming up with David Teal, the award-winning sports writer of the Richmond times dispatch richmond.com at five thirty. break time for us at a quarter after five on a tuesday afternoon it's been a glorious day right sun splash tuesday here in the capital city it's warm warming up we're gonna get into the 80s by the weekend how good will that be one more blast of summer for those of us that like the warm hot weather like me i will love this weekend all week long into the weekend. Uh, back with more of the show coming up after the timeout. 1061
0: ESPN. His second straight playoff appearance out of the CAA. Follow them on their quest every step of the way. Here on your home for the Richmond Spiders, 1061 ESPN.
2: What a lead-in
3: we've got for you to David Teal at the bottom of the hour from the Richmond Times-Dispatch to talk uh. Some sports with us. We got Reggie to lead into David Teal. What a what a headline lineup that is. Hello,
4: Reggie. <laughs> Tatow Town. I'm scared. I'm worried, Town. What
2: are you doing to me? What are you <laughs> doing too. to me, Tattletown, Bob? <laughs> you
3: might want to you might want to check on me about eleven o'clock tonight. I'm a little worried too. <laughs>
4: Man, they jumped on y'all boy like a pit bull jumping on a steak. I said, Lord have mercy. As I was saying, try to get a greasy pork chop past hungry wolf. It ain't happening. The lumber was cracking last night. I said, what are you doing, Bob? First inning, pow, three runs. I said, uh-oh. Well,
2: Houston,
4: we got a problem. Second inning. Down.
3: Well, second inning, first of all, Reggie, because Nola struck out the side in the first. He looked great. And then the second – as has happened to him this year, gave up the two home runs, gave up another. Here's the thing that concerned me last night, Reggie. Uh, this has been one of those, those those tough seasons for the Phils, right? They've had to fight back a lot, up down, guys struggling, guys. They looked tired to me last night. Oh. Um, th- th- just their body language, and I thought the fans were tired as well. They're, they've had a lot going. They've had a lot going on up there, and I just felt that they. You know, they got behind and they just didn't have anything left in the tank. Now, it's recharged today, right? It's got to be. It's a game seven. They will have the adrenaline flowing. That will not be an excuse. That will not be a factor tonight. But I just felt when they got behind last night, they just looked, their body language looked tired. And I hope. Yeah, see, I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. (laughs)
4: Wow, you know what your man Roy Williams always said when it's in the final four game, don't even think about being tired. So I'm telling you, Title Town and your boys, don't even think about being tired. I well, don't want to hear it. I Come will on, equate. Titletown.
3: I will equate game seven to the final four. Maybe not game six because it was not an elimination game for the Phillies. They better not look or be tired tonight. I just thought they looked it last night. I give the Diamondbacks credit for making them look like that because they jumped to that 3 nothing lead. So that's all I'm saying. I just think they looked tired. I don't think that will be the case tonight. I'm cautiously... Optimistic still, but I'm I'm worried. My stomach is churning, uh, sweat on my bald head. All of that, Reg.
4: <laughs> well, speaking of time, man, y'all pulling them huggies down to A and T. How'd you like the A and T trip? Talk um, to me about playing down at A and T.
3: Look, you and I are friends, right, Reggie? And Talk I, I love I Keep love the I love the HBCUs, and I love everything that they stand for. And the band was great. The band was definitely. That's
4: what I wanted to know about the band.
3: The band was great. Everything else needs work, Reggie. I'm going to be truthful and serious with you here. It was an underwhelming operation. Their team is not good. Um, They've got a ways to go to reach the standard of CAA football. I'm just putting it out there.
2: Did you Um, say that on that guy's podcast?
3: No, because I hadn't been there yet. (laughs) If if he wants to have me back, he was cool. That was fun. I loved doing that and meeting those guys. And I met their play by play guy and the guys with the podcast. That was all great. That's I mean that was great and the band was great. But the whole operation down there just needs a lot of lot of beefing up before they reach CAA standards uh, moving forward. And they're not again. They're just not a very good football team this year either.
4: Everybody's spanking him. So you got to meet my man, Donald Warehunt. I Stay did. Up there, I did.
3: In fact, we we walked to the parking lot together after the game and had a nice, really nice conversation. So
4: that was well, great. I hope you tell the brother I tell you, tell you what's up. He's a good friend of mine. Yeah, no, he's he's. Ter-
3: In fact, we were we were going to catch up because I know he does some stuff for Sirius XM, and uh, we've aired yeah. some of it here yeah. on 106.1 ESPN, as a matter of fact. Um, so I, I was going to yeah. catch up with him. So that was a great connection you made for me on that one, Reggie. That's my positive yes, part sir. of it. And they'll get better. I mean, if okay. they stay, if they stay in the CAA, the, they'll get better. But I mean, you know the history as well as I do. They go Hell C.I.A.A. Yeah, for all those years. They go MiAC for another half a century. Then boom, they move to the Big South for two years, and then they're gone and go to the CAA. That's that's a tough transition. Yeah. This goes this goes back to my whole transition thing. And I don't think the N.C.A.A. is as much out of bounds as everybody thinks they are with putting at least a year transition. In place for these schools, and this goes back to my JMU conversation yeah. that people aren't going to like know, my opinion can, on that one.
4: You you're getting the JMU, and, and my daughter's a Duke. You getting them upset, Bob? You getting them upset? <laughs>
3: why, why am I getting them upset at Duke? I like Duke.
4: No, the Duke. The Dukes. Oh, the JMU, Dukes. The Duke.
3: oh, the Dukes. Oh, the Dukes. Yeah. I know I am. I yeah, don't, I. yeah. I qualified and said that I'm not going to be very popular, but a rule is a rule. No, you're not. And and okay. look. People are calling it a ban. <laughs> it's not a ban. They didn't do anything wrong. It's a transition okay. year in which they're not eligible so that they can be fully fledged FBS. And maybe they are at this point. But, Reggie, when they signed up for this, the rule didn't say, if you're going 7-0, and oh, we're going to change the rule in midstream. They knew what they signed up for when they did it.
4: Don That's all man. I'm saying. Oh, yeah, my man, my man Don West shows from the press box and press row. And some XM radio. Yeah, too. nah,
3: we talked about yeah, it. We talk, yeah. cool dude. Yeah, cool dude. Yeah. Glad I got to yeah. meet him.
4: I, yep. I want him to. I want him to get you on. I want you to be on this show. He had Beyonce on the show. I'll do that. I'll and stay, I'll, have on, I'll have
3: him on our show. They got Hampton this yeah, week. Good luck to them against Hampton.
4: Nah, Hampton will spank them. <laughs> bad blood. <laughs> they, they hey, it goes way back. It's bad blood.
3: Bad yeah, A and C's just—they're not very good. They're not very good. <laughs> not very good. So. Hey.
4: Well, I'm glad you enjoyed the band. I day. did.
3: The band was great. The stadium is nice. The press box was good. um it, the people were very friendly, all of that, but there was just the operationally, move? they need some help. That's all I'm saying. How's I'm not like move? I'm not like you know mad at them or pointing a finger at them without being constructive no, no, here. No, no. They just need no, some help no, to mean, improve you know? their their game day operation. That's all.
4: Yeah, a lot of people are mad at A&T because they left the to me. Still I get about that.
3: that. So, I, yeah. When that happened years ago, I was shocked, Reggie, that any of those teams that left, when Hampton left, when NCAA and T left, I was shocked that that happened. So, anyway. All right, gotta I, I roll, got to roll, Reggie. I got to talk
4: to you off there about that. <laughs> yeah, We
3: can do that. We can do that. We will. We'll find time to do that. Reggie, thanks. Appreciate it. I uh, need to get a break in here because David Teal's coming up, and I did get a couple of texts about you know, my opinion on this NCAA JMU thing, and I, they're all going in the same direction. I'm the lone wolf on this one, and it's not because it's JMU. I, I mean, there are other schools out there who probably have had some level of success in a transition year that are probably saying the same thing. So either you just do it for everybody or you, you stick to it. I could see reducing this to one year. Uh, I'm going to do this real quick, AJ. I know we got to go, and David's coming up. But my guy tried Bill with an excellent text about all of this, and I'll get to it more maybe after David or when we get a chance tomorrow or Thursday as well. And I said this earlier, uh, a one-year transition period in today's game would probably be enough because you can now stock your roster not only with more high school kids but transfer portal kids that will come to play for you. I do understand that. Uh, and I do hope they get a bowl game, and I hope you know because there aren't enough eligible teams, and that they get an opportunity to play in a bowl game. But I, I, I'm going to stick with the NCA on this one. Um, you know, not changing the rules in midstream here just because a team is seven and L at this point. It's not. It was not part of the original deal. Let's just put it that way. Five thirty. David Teal next on the Sports Auto. <laughs>
0: The NFL season is in full swing, and we don't want anyone to forget. We have NFL coverage every Sunday afternoon. As well as every Dallas Cowboys broadcast. Here on your home for sports in the River City. 1061 ESPN Richmond. Service car...
3: down the home stretch here of the Tuesday Sports Huddle 1061 ESPN. Bob Black back with you here. AJ Producing. Talk some ACC action in this segment of the Sports Huddle. Uh, promoted it earlier as some football talk, but I know David Teal from the Richmond Times Dispatch, Richmond.com is already down in Charlotte for ACC basketball tip-off. Uh, all of that tomorrow. Our Matt Josephs is down there as well. You'll hear his show from down there and part of the huddle tomorrow as well with all of the interviews that he will garner um so we'll do a little acc hoops talk as well david good afternoon how are you
5: good afternoon bob we've we've got the men tomorrow and had the women today which of course included kenny brooks and the hokies who were at the final four last year and have a stacked roster again
3: yeah i was gonna say how high flying is virginia tech women's basketball i mean they've got to be in another stratosphere right now
5: First time in program history, Bob, they've finished among the AP Top 20 consecutive seasons. And, of course, last year won their first ACC Tournament Championship, uh, advanced to the Sweet 16 for only the second time in program history, and then the Final Four for the first time.
3: Yeah, quite a run and an opportunity, as you said, to, to kind of do just as well this year with the talent uh, led by Kenny Brooks that, that they have back. So that's really really cool for them. And I know we'll get into a little of the men's talk uh, coming up here on on the other side of our conversation. But I got David. I got to start with Virginia football, and I, I mentioned this earlier. Um, you know, even if you're not a Virginia fan, heck, even if you're a hokey fan, if you're any fan other than maybe North Carolina. Doesn't at least a part of you feel really good, at least for a short period of time, by what they heck, did Saturday night in Chapel Hill?
5: Heck yes. I mean, you, would, you wouldn't be human if if you didn't have empathy for what the the folks in that program have endured since last November, and none of us will ever completely understand because that's just such a, a unique experience, and to lose three teammates like that. And, and then to have Mike Hollins, who was wounded in that shooting, score three touchdowns Saturday night to kind of uh, pull the Cavaliers back from a 10 point deficit and allow them to, to rally for that victory as, as 24 point underdogs. First-ever road victory over a top-10-ranked opponent. I mean, think of the really good UVA teams that didn't beat top-10 squads on the road. You know, the Barber Twins and such. And, I mean, Bryce Perkins in the 2019 Coastal Division champs. But this bunch, at 1-5, in was able to pull it off in good form.
3: I think when it got to 24-14, four fourteen, wouldn't you agree that probably everybody, unless you were standing on that UVA sideline, and maybe even some on that sideline, were wondering if that thing would just go Carolina's way?
5: I sure did. Mm-hmm. I was sitting there in the I, I was sitting there in the press box and started writing that. <laughs> and no, it, I mean it happens all all the time. You, you you start writing because you think an event's going one way and. Trying to get a head start, then it turns on its head, and that's exactly what happened. And I think Bob, that makes.
3: Uh oh, little connection problem there between Charlotte, where David Teal is located, and us back here in Richmond. Just as he was, making. I love when when David's like always, you know, honest like that, and that gives you a little inside newspaper writing. You know, you start writing those stories as the game goes on. If you ever wondered how do how do how am I reading a story that quickly after a game ends? Well, that's how because they're they're writing and changing as the game goes on, and that as David was saying, certainly was happening Saturday night when it got to twenty four fourteen for Carolina in the third quarter and. Virginia starts its comeback, and that changes his whole story, right from the lead right down to the finish, right down to Tony Musket uh, throwing the game-winning touchdown pass to Malik Washington, and then the interception uh, that Drake May threw, threw when he was pressured uh, that ended the game, and needed the replay to confirm it. Uh, it had a lot of special things going on. In that game, so we're going to try and reconnect here uh, with David Teal down there in Charlotte. He's already had a busy day, as he mentioned, with ACC women's uh, basketball media day today, and the men coming up tomorrow. Um, see what kind of year it's going to be for ACC basketball. I mean, I think Duke is the cream of the crop. Certainly, the preseason polls have them up there at in the top three with Kansas and and Purdue, um, and maybe even Michigan State in there. And uh, there's not a I mean, Miami is pro- top 25, and Carolina is top 25, and that's probably about it. Virginia is probably in others receiving votes, right, for for the men's side of things. And uh, we'll see what, what the Hokies have to offer with what they've got coming back with what Mike Young has. So we'll we'll connect on all of that with David. But our, our point there was on Virginia football and just the things that happened on Saturday night that, um, you know, hopefully – will will lead them, you know, maybe to a couple more wins this season. I still think it's going to be really tough. They got to play Miami uh, this weekend, so you know, we'll see what happens. But at least for one weekend, that was pretty good stuff for 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 the Virginia Cavaliers and for for Tony Elliott. Uh you, you really got to feel good for him. All right, I think we've got we've got David back and when we left him, we were talking about him reshaping your game story from the point yeah. that it was 24-14 to the way that it wound up, David.
5: No, it absolutely did turn on its head, and I think that makes the victory even more impressive. Mm -hmm. You know, Virginia had failed to close games against James Madison and NC State and Boston College. And you talked about how most folks were thinking, okay, it's starting to go Carolina's way. And that's another reason why you thought that, because Virginia had not been able to close those previous games. But Wow, they came. They came up with not only big-time offensive plays, but just uh, clutch defensive stops. Mm-hmm. And and let's be honest, Bob. All upsets need this—a little bit of good fortune and help from the other side. Drake May was just—he was off. I mean, mm-hmm. we're talking about a career sixty-eight percent passer. He only completed 50% on Saturday. He missed some routine throws. Receivers didn't help him. He had a touchdown call back on a holding penalty that ended up costing them four points, Because and that's the final margin because they only kicked a field goal on that particular possession. Uh, so some things went the Cavaliers' way, but they took advantage of it.
3: And you, you talked about the great story of, of Mike Hollins and the three touchdowns and, and the tragedy that he's been through and his fight back from that from that incident and and certainly that's that's a headline there. But but David, I'll tell you the other guy for Virginia who has absolutely burst on the scene and go down as one of their best uh, portal transfers coming in has got to be Malik Washington, right? I mean, he has been just outstanding for them.
5: He's the best. He's the most productive. I don't know if he's the best receiver in the ACC, not, but he's the most productive, mm-hmm. and he has been a, a lifesaver for for that offense. And that that game winning touchdown pass, you know, and it's it's just a broken play, and he catches the ball over the middle and essentially breaks four tackles. To get into the end zone, just a little dude with a whole lot of wiggle in those hips and a whole lot of speed. All
3: right, David. So look, they're they're two and five at this point. It feels better mm-hmm. than that right now because they they beat a tenth ranked team on the road in in Chapel Hill. What can this team do in the remaining what five games of the season? And I mean, obviously, it's not getting any easier this week going down to Miami.
5: Who knows what you're going to get from Miami, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it's it's it traditionally, and this season is no different. Uh, the most skittish, inconsistent bunch in the conference, and, and one of the most inconsistent teams in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, there won't be a big crowd in South Beach. There rarely is. <laughs> it's 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 a game Virginia can win, especially if Tyler Van Dyke is unavailable again. You know, I know Miami beat Clemson last week with Emory Williams, the backup at quarterback, but it's not like the, I mean, the offense only scored 17 points uh, in regulation before they won in double OT 28-20. So, I, mean, I think Virginia has a puncher's chance there, but they still have to go to Louisville. They still have to play Duke at home. the The Georgia Tech game at home is certainly winnable, and then you've got the Commonwealth Cup game against the Hokies to close it out in Charlotte.
3: Well, since you mentioned the Hokies, let me uh, flip-flop over there for one more football question. And I'll get you quick impressions of what you think you're going to see in here tomorrow from the Hokies and who's from a basketball perspective. But, but um, you know, the emotions are up. They're positive in, in Blacksburg now as well, David, right, with the win over Wake. Got a Syracuse team they can certainly beat on Thursday. I was talking earlier. There's a legitimate pathway to a bowl game here for Virginia Tech, or am I getting way beyond myself on this one?
5: No, you're absolutely correct. Uh, I think Virginia Tech should win Thursday night. And actually, I, I think the Hokies will. And then they're sitting there. At, at that point, they would be 4-4 four and four and 3-1 and one in the league. Uh, and we're with a manageable schedule. Mm-hmm. Got to go to Louisville. Got to go to Boston College. Got to go to UVA. But home against NC State, that's no world beater. Uh, BC is a... Average to below average squad, yes. Four and four, and, and, and bull talk is not out of bounds in the least. Mm-mm. Uh-uh.
3: Uh, great for them. I mean, it really is. So we'll we'll continue to follow both of those teams, but at least they're on the upswing at least for this week, both of them. And Tech, of course, coming off kind of the mini bye uh, by playing Thursday night and having not played on Saturday as well. All right, what do you expect to see and hear tomorrow from from uh, you know our teams and from the ACC in general? I think I saw a preseason poll maybe three ACC teams in the in the top twenty five: Duke, Miami, and Carolina. What do you expect to see yeah. and hear from the Hokies and the Who's, David?
5: Well, from the Hokies in, in who's, Bob? Well, no, number one, Virginia Tech made news tonight uh, mm-hmm. with an announcement that Rodney Rice has left the program. Mm-hmm. And Guard is, is, is a position where Mike Young and his staff thought they were deepest. Uh, that's that's going to really hurt there. Uh, they really thought that they could ease the bird minutes-wise on Hunter Couture and Sean Padula. And now that's one less piece uh, that they have to, to, to do that uh, from from Tony Bennett. I think there will be optimism. We have not heard from Tony Bennett since the Furman game, so it will it will be interesting to, to take his pulse mm-hmm. on on his on his squad, on Reese Beekman's return, on his newcomers, not only the freshmen uh, but the transfer portal guys, uh, in, including Jordan Minor, uh, who, who gives them. Uh, An inside presence. So, I, I mean, my guess, Bob, is when the ACC preseason poll comes out, it will be Duke 1, Miami 2, North Carolina 3, Virginia 4, Clemson 5. And then after that, you can start pulling names out of a hat because there is a great jumbled middle. <laughs> Well, that'll make for some
3: exciting, fun college basketball games, I guess, <laughs> uh, during, the, during the course of the season. Uh, all right, David, we'll let you go. We know it's already been a busy day, and it's going to be even busier for you down there tomorrow with all that college basketball talk. But less than two weeks to tip off for, for College Hoops. So we're we're right in the middle of our crossover season now, aren't we, between football and basketball?
5: We absolutely are, Bob. Monday, November 6th, right? Robin Center against VMI?
3: You got it. Come see us at some point, David. We'd love to have you there.
5: I will be there, I promise you. Thanks,
3: Bob. Thanks, David. All right, safe travels. David Teal down there in Charlotte at ACC uh, tip-off. And the one thing he mentioned there at the end, I had seen it on Twitter earlier today but was a little hesitant um, to bring it up yet because there was nothing that has confirmed it. But there were reports on Twitter earlier today that the Hokies were losing Rodney Rice. Um, Their, I guess, redshirt sophomore guard. Um, who, you know, was injured last year, came on towards the end of the season, really provided a punch, some scoring, some depth at that guard position. And, and apparently, well, not apparently, they've announced he has left uh, the Virginia Tech program. So that that's a blow to the Hokies this close to the start of the season. So I'm sure that will be part of the conversation tomorrow at ACC basketball uh, tip-off day down there in Charlotte. I'm sure Matt Joseph will have much more for us on that tomorrow afternoon. Uh, let me mention that in order we'll get the break in and finish it up. He'll be doing his show from 3 to 4. He's going to take the 4 to 5 hour down there because he's just going to have a boatload of interviews. And then 5 to 6 we'll do the huddle tomorrow and our special guest will be Richmond athletic director John Hart who appears regularly with us during the course of the year and we had this one scheduled a few weeks back Even before we knew matt was going down to charlotte he was going to join us in the four o'clock hour but we we're able to move him around and john hart will be with us from 5 15 to 5 45 tomorrow afternoon so spider fans or eight ten fans i uh, want to get the perspective of the richmond athletic director john hart uh, caa football fans john's going to be with us in studio tomorrow afternoon from five fifteen until 5 45 uh, we'll have an hour for the huddle after matt comes to you from charlotte and ACC Basketball Media Day from 3 until 5. All right, that's what's coming up tomorrow. We're coming back, finish up today's program in just a moment. Sports Huddle 1061 ESPN.
0: Big Al doesn't care how the duck is prepped. I don't care if he eats raw duck. Or what anyone thinks. I don't care about what he thinks. But he does care about what you do from 8 to 10 weekday mornings. So spend that time with him on 106.1 ESPN.
3: Get a couple of texts in here before we finish up. I'm actually reading them today. Good for me. 804 327 0888. Bob, I am not at all a fan of the NCAA. Don't get me started, but this guideline needs to be changed now. With the amount of talent now in high schools across the country plus the transfer portal, not a fan, but it is what it is. That's uh, Bill, our texter, available to teams going from FCS to FBS. A one-year ban is more than enough in today's game. JMU should absolutely be bowl-bound this year. You are punishing the school, the staff, and most of all, players, by denying them the opportunity straight up. Try here, here. Bill, and yes, I am hurting after last weekend. Yeah, I-, I could get off on a tangent here. What happened to William and Mary? Had that lead on Towson and gave up like 34 straight points? Or something like that with that great defense. And William and & Mary's in some trouble now just to make the play. They're four and three and two and two. They cannot afford another loss. This thing could come down to the last week of the regular season. I'm getting way ahead of myself because Campbell's coming into Richmond this weekend. That's a high powered offense. They got hopes of going to the playoffs. That's an elimination game on Saturday between Richmond and Campbell at Rodden Stadium. Uh, Campbell's 3 and 2 and 4 and 3. And the Spiders are 5 and 3 and 4 and 1 in the league. I get off the beaten path a little bit here to Bill's point. And I am in agreement with him about the one year as opposed to the two but you're already in the middle of the two. Like, I would change it for next year. I would say, look, we see what JMU did, and that's going to help other programs moving forward, and we're going to make it a year. Because I I just think you can't just look at JMU. You have to look at the other teams. you got to look at the teams in their league who weren't, counting on JMU to be one of those teams that could take up a bowl spot that they were also entitled to if they played well enough and they've been in the Sun Belt for a while. I just think there are a lot of other factors here. I don't like the rule at this point anymore. I think two years is one year too many. I remember years ago, it used to be five. There used to be like a five-year waiting period to go from, I guess, Division Two to Division One. I. I don't even know what that one is anymore at all. This one's a little bit less because it's FCS to FBS. But I do think a year to get your ducks in a row and make sure everything is the facilities are right, you know how to operate at the higher level, uh, you are competitive on the field, and JMU checks all those boxes, which means they will be absolutely blessed moving forward. And there's the one path, and they knew this going in, that they could get to a bowl game if there weren't enough teams eligible uh, at the end of the year. So I'm going to stick to my guns on that. I know it's not a popular uh opinion at all and it really wouldn't matter whatever team name you wanted to put in there i would have i would have felt the same the same way but i do agree with bill that let's get it down to a year but we do need to use that year to scrutinize to make sure that our fundraising is in place our facilities are in place uh the operation on game day recruiting all of that is is in place so great text there uh tribe bill good luck to the tribe this week against monmouth start to turn things around and hopefully we'll see you on that last weekend in williamsburg when the spiders and tribe go at it that's it for us on a tuesday afternoon aj thanks thanks for keeping me on the straight and narrow this afternoon thanks to our guests as well, Scott Allen from the Washington Post and David Teal from the Richmond Times-Dispatch. Matt Josephs at ACC Basketball Tip-Off Media Day tomorrow. He's got you from 3 to 5, and then I'll take you 5 to 6 with Richmond Athletic Director John Hart, our special guest in studio tomorrow afternoon. So we talk to you then, thanks for being with us. Enjoy Game 7. Go Phils tonight. You'll hear it here on 1061 ESPN.
2: They are who we thought they were. We
1: let them When a hospital says it really cares